just have the bluest skies you'll ever see here in Seattle as the old Perry Como song goes. And it's going to be, a, I think, a pretty fabulous day here on the expansion draft day and the event. Well, uh, that is to come here in Seattle. Well, that's well, that's very nice for for you guys because we've got some pretty significant flooding here going on in Western New yeah. York. So it's a it's a it's a flip of things going on because usually a lot of people say you know oh Seattle it always rains all the time and here in Western New York usually our summers as of late have been really dry really hot and uh, you know droughts have been uh, a normal thing for us but I don't think we have to worry about that this year. Yeah, no, this is, uh, maybe it is a flip. We, we like to tell everybody in Seattle that it rains all the time, but we're, uh, <laughs> we're going now 32, 33 straight days without rain, and it uh, looks like we'll be at least 40. So we're, we're going to be in record territory here. And uh, I, I think that the, the people at the Kraken, uh, who have a expansion draft party on the water here scheduled, on Wednesday are hoping that it's a Chamber of Commerce day with the sun shining down. Yeah, I mean, that would just be a great scene for for everybody involved to, to have a really nice day for uh, Wednesday, a historic day for the Kraken franchise. I mean, what is the, the, the hype levels going around, not only just with the organization, but just throughout the city? I mean, we, we saw a little bit of it back with the, the Vegas Golden Knights when they came into the picture in 2017, but, I mean, it seems like for the longest while, Seattle has kind of been waiting for this moment to have another professional team to join the ranks of the uh, the Seahawks and also the Mariners since the Supersonics left town years ago. Yeah, I mean, this, this week is going to be significant, I think, for the casual sports fan. It'll make it, it seem real. Uh, this is really, I mean, for me, this is a story going back now 15 years in Seattle when, when Clay Bennett bought the Sonics and immediately people started thinking that they're going to be moving out of town because this this guy from Oklahoma City and the group from Oklahoma City uh, didn't really uh, seem like they wanted to keep the team in Seattle. And, and ever since, it's been a, a question of uh, will there ever be another winter sport in Seattle? Where will they play? And it, it really, with the NHL, started to, to take on a new life about 2011, 2012, with the arena project uh, that had been put together, a brand-new arena uh, it went through stops and starts. It ultimately uh, failed in front of the city council. And, and then uh, we see this group led by Tim Lewicki, uh and later David Bonderman that said, hey, we can finance a, a brand new building in the Seattle Center area that is uh, on the site of the old key arena where the Sonics used to play. And uh, we can spend a billion dollars doing it. And it was a privately financed deal uh, at a public park. And that was enough to convince the NHL, hey, uh, we're ready, we have the money, we have the finances uh, to have an NHL team at Seattle Center. And, uh, boy, it has, been, <laughs> it has been a drama. It has been a story uh, like really no other in Seattle, how, how we've seen all these twists and turns. But, but finally, this week, this coming week, when the players start walking out on the stage, in the Kraken jersey, in front of the fans, in front of what is going to be a sold-out event, I think is when it's going to start to become real for a lot of casual fans. So, Chris, how are how is everything progressing in terms of the renovations that's being made to the old Kirin? It's now Climate Pledge Arena, I believe it is. How is everything progressing that way, and and everything's going to be seem to be ready to go come the time that the puck drops on the opening season for them? Yeah, I was just in it this past week uh, on Monday. The, there was a tour for uh, 
uh, guys like me, and it's uh, it, it really is not the same building that was there before. And I don't think anybody's going to ever try this kind of construction project in the future. But uh, the the roof of the old Key Arena was preserved, propped up, forty four million pound roof uh, that dates back to the 1962 World's Fair on that spot. And once it was propped up, everything else was blown to smithereens, so to speak, underneath a complete teardown and rebuild of multiple levels, suites on ice suites. It really is a doubling of the size of the old key arena on that site from about 380,000 square feet to 800,000 square feet with a big glass facade and and all sorts of paneling underneath for concerts. And there's certain seats with a certain uh, type of paneling to make it louder for hockey. Uh, so they really uh, have been billing it as a state-of-the-art top-five arena in, in the world. And it looks like, even with all the the issues with COVID and, and there was a short construction delay of a couple of days, that it will be done mid-October, and I think a lot of people here are questioning, does that mean it'll be ready for a home opener, meaning the season opener at home, or will they have to spend a few days on the road? And I think the Kraken right now are hedging on that, waiting for that schedule to come out. Uh, But there is a possibility that that the Kraken will have to open on the road just to get the finishing touches put on that arena. But it it does look like it's going to be done, uh, by all indications, mid-October. And then they also have a practice facility, training center, uh, in another part of town, that that's an $80 million project uh, that's going to be done, uh, the first rink, the main rink, the Kraken's rink uh, for training on July 29th. Uh, so that, even with COVID, uh, the, the groundbreaking was the day before the first known case in the country. Uh, and they were able to plug uh, along and plug through and, and get that first rink done on July 29th. And the rest of that project scheduled to be open around Labor Day. So it really is... Uh, amazing what the construction workers here have done uh, in carrying out this vision and getting it all done in time for uh, this new season. Chris Daniels from King 5 News in Seattle joining us right now on the Wester Hotline as the Kraken get ready for the expansion draft coming up on Wednesday. Teams around the league participating in the expansion draft have to have their protection list in by 5 o'clock today, and those lists will be revealed to the public and the rest of the NHL sometime tomorrow. Before we get into the expansion draft, Chris, I I, I do want to ask you about the hiring of Dave Hextall as the head coach. Um, How do you feel that kind of process played out and overall the general thoughts of Hextall being named as the first head coach in Kraken history? I, I mean, that that was one of the big hires they had to make, uh, obviously, before the draft. And uh, Ron Francis, the general manager, had said all along he wanted to get it done before the second quarter of uh, the year ended. So he did get that done by just a few days. And, and I would say that uh, it was a surprise. It was a surprise not only to people around uh, North America that follow hockey, uh, but people here in Seattle. He was not a name uh, that was mentioned a whole lot. And uh, I think the one thing that shouldn't surprise is Ron Francis is very secretive about uh, who he's looking at, who he's looking at for staff, who he's looking at for his head coach. We've learned that already here in Seattle. Uh, he likes to keep a, a very tight ship uh, around any information uh, that may be out there. You're, you're seeing it as we advance towards the expansion drafts and the NHL draft as well. So uh, 
I think the name was a surprise, but it wasn't a surprise that Ron Francis kept it so close to the vest. Yeah, and and that's going to make things very interesting in terms of how Ron Francis is going to play out uh, with his decisions for the upcoming expansion draft. And already we're hearing a bunch of interesting names that could be made available for Seattle ahead of uh, Wednesday's expansion draft. I don't know if you've given any thought to it, but how do you think this kind of plays out? Who are some of the more interesting names that you've been seeing out there and potentially being left unprotected that Seattle might take the bait and, and add to their roster? Because it seems like the that Ron Francis is willing to spend right up to the cap. The ownership has given them that luxury to spend up to the cap in order to build their team going forward. Well, I'll tell you one name that I, I don't think is going to be uh, part of the mix now. And, and uh, there, there had been a lot of buzz, I think, not only in the Kraken organization, but here in Seattle for T.J. Oshie uh, from the Capitals. Uh, a local guy was, was raised here in western Washington for most of his youth before he went off to War Road, Minnesota. And, and so there was this thought that, you know, this would be the, the guy you could build a franchise around, make your captain, make the face of the franchise. And then uh, over the second quarter of the year, he his father passed away. Uh, he had a great Stanley Cup uh, finals run, playoff run. Uh, it was great late in the season there. Uh, and, and came out after the season and said, you know, I want to stay in D.C. This is where I want to be. And, and since that happened, you've seen him drop from every mock draft list. I, I, and you're not hearing his name with any sort of buzz now like we were prior to that. So that's one name I think that that isn't uh, isn't going to be in consideration. I, I think Tyler Johnson, uh, who grew up in Spokane, uh, you know, third fourth liner in Tampa Bay, he's been talked about quite a bit. I think the situation in, in Carolina is worth watching uh, with, with Hamilton, just based on Ron Francis's ties to Carolina. He spent a majority of uh, the pandemic uh, still living on the East Coast and is is obviously greatly acquainted with that organization. So those are just a, a couple of the names. I, I think the goalies that have been bandied about uh, that, that will be exposed, that might be your initial star of the franchise, face of the franchise, just based on the, the, the quality of the netminders that are, that are being discussed right now. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting tomorrow on Sunday, like you mentioned, with that list becoming public that uh, people will really start focusing on certain names and saying, boy, if he, if he doesn't draft this guy, uh, what's going on? I mean, I think we're going we're gonna to see some, some pretty big names exposed tomorrow. Yeah, and, and one, other, one other team that's really interesting to kind of focus on is the Flyers because Hackstall coached the Flyers for quite a few yep. years and, and got to know some of those notable players. And I think if I saw correctly that maybe a guy like Jacob Voracek would be left unprotected for the upcoming expansion draft. Do you think that there's maybe some sort of possibility that uh, a name like Voracek could interest the Kraken given his past history with Hackstall and maybe that he could be become a leader going forward for that team? Because if I think I remember correctly, Voracek only has, I think, two years, maybe three left on his contract um, going forward. He's got three years left on his contract, and it's at an $8.25 million cap hit. But if if you're looking to to build a good core leadership group for that young expansion you know, franchise that's in Seattle, maybe a guy like Voracek would be a nice addition. Yeah, and I think one of the things that, that people did immediately when uh, Haxel was hired was look at the, the, the laundry list of players he coached in North Dakota, uh, potentially. Uh, that too. That he's tied to, uh, that, that he would push to 
have uh, on the initial franchise as well. Again, going back to TJ Oshie, I don't think that's going to happen. That was one of his players, but uh, that that he could have uh, he could lean on Ron Francis to say, "Hey, man, I, co- I coached this guy in college. He'd be a winner here in Seattle." Chris Daniels joining us here on the Wester Hotline from King 5 News in Seattle. Last thing I'll ask you, Chris, before I let you go, uh, the NHL draft. That's coming up uh, now this upcoming Friday with round one starting, and Seattle won the second pick overall in the expansion or in the um, in the draft lottery, right behind the Buffalo Sabers. And there's a lot of prevailing thought around the league and here in Buffalo too that Owen Power is likely going to go number yep. one. So let's hypothetically say that is the case. Power goes number one. Who goes to Seattle at number two? I think that they uh, the Kraken would love power to drop to uh, second slot, uh, just based on on Ron Francis's previous uh, administration and building on defense. Uh, I, I think you're looking at uh, a guy like Eklund and Beniers. I, I think are the most commonly mentioned going number two. And hey, I've even seen the scenario somebody is trying to float that, that the number two could go to Buffalo, and there's a a certain guy who isn't so happy in Buffalo that maybe maybe that would be enough to, <laughs> to mix up both organizations. Right. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen either. Yeah, yeah, it seems unlikely at this point. It, a lot of things, at least in my book, book would have to be uh, taken into consideration with who Seattle manages to, to poke from teams or pull out of teams in the expansion draft. And if they get those right pieces, then sure, anything is possible. But I think in terms of that discussion, it would it would have to take a very quick process in order for something like that to be pulled off with uh, Eichel possibly going to Seattle. But either yeah, way... I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, but I, I, I do think it's funny. I think it was, it was a headline here that Caesar Sportsbook says the Kraken have better odds to win the Stanley Cup than the Sabres. Yeah. And the <laughs> Kraken don't even have any players. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that too. And, you know, I mean, I think it's all generated primarily because of the success that Vegas had in their first year in the NHL right. with how everything that they were able to do. And, you know, not to say that Seattle doesn't have that chance of winning the Stanley Cup. It's just, I just think a lot of teams are a lot more weary of how they're going to operate in this expansion draft compared to the one uh, with Vegas in 2017. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I think Seattle will, will come away with a, a pretty decent squad. We'll see if they come away with a star, uh, a foundation, uh, you know, star of the franchise. I think that's one of the things they're going to need just for, uh, just for casual observers, for people that are going to watch the game on TV, because we already know that there is a tremendous amount of interest in the game day atmosphere. They're going to be sold out. Every game is going to be sold out. There's a waiting list to, to get season tickets. It's going to be more about just building the brand, building the overall brand over the next two, three, four, five years and getting casual fans involved who want to spend a Wednesday night watching a game. I think that's that's why they need uh, somebody who's a marketable star out of the gate here in Seattle. Very good. Well, Chris, I'm sure this uh, will probably not be the first and only time we'll talk. This was a great conversation that we had, and uh, I guess best of luck for the next week, the busy week that you're likely going to have, and uh, enjoy the rest of the summer, and we'll talk down the road once the season gets started. 
Sounds good. Good luck with the drafts. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. Uh, Chris Daniels from King 5 News in Seattle joining us on the Wester Hotline. Great conversation there. If you missed it, Corey will have that on demand at WGR550.com. The Seattle Kraken getting ready to uh, to build their team within the next few days. Uh, we'll finally get the chance to look at Seattle as the 32nd franchise and what is to come from that franchise uh, over the course of the next few years.